Hi, and welcome to Ocala Hustle. I'm so excited for our guests today. Our guests are Dr. Frederick Jacobs and Lady J, Taja Jacobs. Oh man, this is great. There's so many projects that you're doing, okay? So I made a list, but why don't you tell us, for our listeners, our viewers that aren't familiar, the different things that you guys are working on. Wow, wow. So, <laughs> right. listen, uh, we are, I, I think, uh, entrepreneur phenomena. And I mean, what we do is, uh, I'm a CEO of Celebrity Soul Food, which is the largest soul food chain in America. Uh, we're doing a 200-store rollout uh, wow. currently, and that is going absolutely amazing. I'll let Lady J finish chiming in on that. Right. Uh, also, I'm Dr. J, the counselor, where we do uh, TV and radio. Uh, we have one of the number one podcasts uh, on kjlhradio.com which is Stevie Wonder's, uh, the great legendary Stevie sure. Wonder uh, radio station uh, called Do I Want to Stay Married, which is a relationship-based type show uh, that deal with all facets of life uh, and dating as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, we always, you know, your Spotify and your iHeart and uh, Amazon and et cetera. And then also I'm a counselor. So uh, we do relationship counseling, uh, entrepreneurial consulting, uh, things that just really drives in the same vehicle together. So multiple of things. I think the only thing we probably don't do every day is maybe sleep. So okay. <laughs> I believe you that. Know. What do you say? Well, I think every time he says that, that I just get exhausted. I'm yeah. like, do we do all of that? But the reality Well, one is thing that wasn't mentioned is parents of? Two amazing children. I mean, let's on. be clear. Sorry which, to interrupt. Which, no, you're fine. Which is actually, to be quite honest, our first dynamic, sure. right, is parenting the best children in the world, Trinity and Isaac. So yeah, we parent, I just follow this guy around and whatever he decides that he wants to uh, trailblaze in, I'm 100% supportive. Well, that's a big role, you know, especially with an entrepreneur and an active entrepreneur to say that you follow behind and just go with whatever he's doing. And I kind of got an idea in our pre-interview that there's a lot to that. So how does that work? How does that dynamic work of where he's headed you know, you're right there with it. I think I shared with you guys uh, just in our initial dialogue that because of how wired he is in terms of being systematic and methodical and demanding mm -hmm. uh, excellence in every area, we had to have a conversation that said, where do I fit in that, mm -hmm. right? So there is a professional relationship at all times with some real serious expectations. So I walk in lanes that he has said, hey, you know what, based off of your credentials, your background, your experience, that you can thrive in to support the vehicle in which I'm leading charge in. So that's really how we made right. the decision. Oh, that's great. I know that um, sometimes it can be hard to be the spouse of an entrepreneur. And, and I try to keep this in mind because I'm in it every day. You know, I know the vision, I know the work that's going into it, I know what's going on. And I couldn't have asked for a better partner, but I always have to remember that she's not as in it day to day and her livelihood or her successes, you know, as it relates to finances and our work is wholly reliant or solely reliant on that vision. So I have to make sure to communicate well. Right. We're skipping ahead a little bit, that's my fault. <laughs> I wanna know how in the world you guys maintain such a high level of productivity 
Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I think one of the things about productivity is in which you uh, you measure it. Sometimes people are just busy, and busy don't mean productivity. Mm-hmm. And in order to be productive, you have to be able to measure it, which means that you have to have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, and an intentional plan, a plan that sometimes take a process and sometimes even come with pain. But I have this mantra I live by that pain can produce if you're willing to push. Mm-hmm. And what we just learned together uh, in business and life and marriage and family, this is that nature is what is our plan, strategically to put with it. And if we believe in that plan, if that's our power of one is just stay with the plan, work it, be disciplined in it, and come rain or sun, you work it the same and it always produces. So in the measure of productivity, I measure it by different uh, intricate uh, exits and, and dynamics that I see as we accomplish. And you have to recognize those moments when they happen and what have you. Some people, uh, I think they plan too far out. You know, so they're looking for the long game and don't look at none of the short term. And I think that's where we have to talk about in the industry is that we've taught people that to, 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 in order to have vision is as if it's years away. Right. What is your one year plan? What is your six months plans? What is your three? Because to me, success and those productivity is continuous habits, continuous moments of what you do. The, the I, I believe the blessing is in the detail. Right. So the detail to me is what produces productivity. What did you do today? Mm. Not tomorrow, today. So many great lessons in what you just said. The first thing you said is so hard for people to learn that busyness does not equal productivity. You know, I've worked really hard to let go of that knee jerk response when people say, how are you? Not to say, I'm busy. You know, I'm I'm so busy. And and it's for that reason. It's also, it's it's a little bit of a a cop out, you know, oh, I'm busy. Mm But it doesn't mean anything. Are you busy or are you productive? Those two things don't mean the same thing. So that's such an important lesson. And then I totally, and and these, the reason that I'm so convicted by what you say is because I've learned these things the hard way. You know, I've said to myself, I'm doing the right things because I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the right things. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, but I'm going in the wrong direction, (laughs) you know? And then the same thing on planning too far out. It's great to have that vision, but if you don't know what the details are, that plan is a dream. Absolutely. 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 And it has been uh, causing people to be hesitant in uh, getting started. And that's really my message to entrepreneurs. Man, there's a lot of people who have a a great gift, great skill set, got a great idea, but they're so far ahead of themselves, it looks impossible. Right. If they would just do something today, you know how many years they and moments they've wasted time because they didn't start today. One of my favorite sayings, I say it all the time, is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. Absolutely. You can't go back in time and plant that tree, but you can plant it today. Today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this is a great transition to something I wanted to hear from you guys, which is where did it start? What, what was the starting point? How did you guys get your start as entrepreneurs? <laughs> Good. I'll let you try. You happened to be sitting in the studio and I was looking at the interview that Doc did with uh, Steve Harvey's uh, former manager, oh, okay. uh, Rashawn McDonald, and they were telling their love story of where this began uh, years ago. Doc, again, was in, he's pastor. Right. So he started in that place that he did something. He took, you know, business into ministry, if that makes sense. Sure. Because he's a business person. And so he started a bistro. And for him, it was about when my, you know, colleagues come in, I want to be able to take care of them and host. So he had a bistro. Well, then he got this huge opportunity to cater Steve Harvey and random. Right. Right. And he caters him and Steve Harvey falls in love with him. And at that moment, he said, something's missing. There is not a soul food leader 
in the marketplace. And that's kind of where he started. Yeah. You know, for as the restaurant goes, you know, <clears throat> entrepreneur itself is, I grew up with, you know, my mom and dad, though they worked for uh, the sheriff's office mm -hmm. in the state for years and retired from that, they've always did things in the community, whether it was catering, whether mm -hmm. it was ministry, whether it was uh, insurance or different dynamics, right. that was empowerment. I didn't know probably per se then growing up so young uh, in a small town that that's what you would call that. Right. I, I right. thought that was like maybe at best passive income or, <laughs> right. you know, you're making right. some extra money. Right. But truly, you know, during a time where maybe it wasn't popular uh, or, or to, you know, there was no YouTube then right. or what have you and no, no uh, self-helps. But they was really uh, entrepreneurs, you know, right. over the summer, you know, growing up, if we didn't have um, tour days, football practices, things of that nature, we went in Bell Hay. You know, so, you know, you're talking about that and you have your tractors, what have you, and you're you're really flipping the hay. Right. Because you bail for a certain That's price, exactly you right. sell it for a certain <laughs> amount, you yeah. know, yeah. what have you. And then you're, uh, you're bail handy. We had beef master cattle, what have you. And you would uh, you would have your pretty bulls and, and things of that nature. And you'll breed these cattle. And then sometimes you go to market, mm -hmm. what have you. Didn't know then. That was just hard work to me. Right. right. <laughs> right. Sure. But I didn't know. That's, that's a lifestyle that's everyday, that's agriculture and things of that nature or what have you. And so I'm just thinking for as I grew and the light bulb come on, I said, man, I can reflect back and say this whole time I was learning work ethic and I was learning how to be an entrepreneur, you know, and, 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 the, and the work that you have to put into it. And so, you know. It's, it's so funny when you say that because we've had this dialogue because you're absolutely right. right that that was absolutely being an entrepreneur. I used to go with my great grandmother. She used to go to the market and she sold candy and she would go. She had a candy store and I would help her to count it and help her to put it together and help her to sell it and I didn't know she would say you sold all the candy I said yeah I went outside and I and he could tell you that probably makes sense so you start living that life right. at those tender years not knowing that there's something burning sure. on the inside we just didn't know you probably needed an occupational license <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> I don't know if they asked for it back then but hey clear. that was yeah. community deal or what have you but yeah so just growing up around it man yeah. it's just funny it being you and as you pursue life you know, for me, I think what's probably hard, because uh, probably people can always understand me, is I would have these great jobs on work and I'm doing the, the status quo and I was just never happy. It was just never enough. I wanted something greater. And it was nothing about my talent. I just wanted out. I just knew there was so much more. And the question really is like, what do you do when, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So when, you know, when God has put like, uh, uh, something on your heart, things of that nature, but your reality don't line up to it. Mm -hmm. And it just eats at you. Some people just die with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I myself is just, I was never scared to take that leap. So you, you felt that God had put something on your heart that didn't match your reality and required you to take a leap to meet God where he wanted you to be. Absolutely. Yeah, and it was scary you because you got to step from out of what you know to be mm -hmm. into something that you have no understanding about. No one even communicated. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have someone guiding me, what have you. It was just all those bumps because you went out with the questions of that nature and in faith, you know, praying that God would send someone. Do you think that, that the lack of knowledge was a bit of a blessing then? Meaning if you knew more, would that have scared you more? Or do you think if you knew more, you would have been better equipped to succeed? I, you know, I, I think uh, twofold. I think if I had got information earlier, I probably could have moved a little more uh expedient mm -hmm. but the reason i don't uh regret it is because it's one thing getting to where you're going it's another thing to stay on top mm -hmm. i'm built for this right so where when COVID hit and these things what have you and entrepreneurs maybe shake or what have you i do not because all i've known 
is resisting this strain. And so in pursuing through that, you build an entrepreneur muscle that you ain't like shaking it. by a number. Oh, you're yeah. not shaking like by resistance. You're not shaking by a obstacle that come up. I have learned to adapt. I've learned to pivot. I've learned to shift. I've learned to have sight of not only things going strategically the way you desire, but what if it does not, right. what have you. But sometimes you learn that through pain. What have you? And that to me is one of the greatest teachers. You know, when you don't have the YouTube, when you don't have the book, when you don't have the mentor, pain will teach you if you pay attention. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, you learn much more not to touch the hot stove absolutely. by touching the hot stove, absolutely. you know, than someone telling you not to touch the hot and stove. And you know what? There's a lot of great uh, information out there, but there are people who go buy uh, entrepreneurial books and they still don't get it, right? Yeah. So that's that's not the end all be all because they're doing what we call busy work. Yes. I, I think what makes us great though, and to me, I live very transparently, sometimes in you know business consulting and what really helps people, even when it comes to that nature, I, I not only show you the uh, the success in the clear hand, but I can show you why I got burned. Yes. And sometimes it's mm -hmm. what not to do mm -hmm. that Absolutely. helps people the most. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Everybody got the one, two, three step to do, but tell me where not to turn. Right. Tell me what not to do. Yeah. Tell me that, you know what, that's too important not to get your structure correct. And the thing is that you, I know you're passionate about helping the people, but you got to set up the business. You right. got to do the accounting. You got all the things that you don't really want to get to, but that will burn you later. Absolutely. You see? Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things that you said that I wanted to revisit is that Steve Harvey, you had the opportunity to cater for Steve Harvey, and then it happened somewhat randomly. That's where luck met your preparedness, you know? Because I hear people a lot talk about the luck that someone had to become a successful business person. And I think luck plays a part, but if you're not prepared, if you don't jump on it, if you don't capitalize on it, it's not about luck, you know? Oh, Everybody could have that same opportunity. Like what you did with it, was to capitalize on and be prepared for it. So I, I just think that's an important lesson for people. Thank you. But you know what? That's one of the things that I love about being in the vehicle with him because it doesn't matter if it was catering five people or 5,000. There is no difference in structure mm -hmm. and uh, productivity of how we land this out. The methodical, the detailed things of what does this look like? It, he doesn't care. I, right. I think I shared with you Oprah uh, in her team call and he was like, I don't know. Is it a good day? <laughs> how far is it from here? Because people... Yes, who, it's a good day. It's a good day. We're going to Oprah. <laughs> Let's be clear. But for him, it didn't matter because it was was about how do we put our best foot forward as a company that's maintaining discipline you know that's maintaining discipline in Absolutely. the face of what anybody else would just say oh yes that's what we do you knew you had to maintain the discipline now with what you're saying about the process it doesn't matter if it's five or five hundred it sounds like you've set yourself up so that your process is 100% scalable. You can Absolutely. just scale it up. Absolutely. Okay. And, and most people do not. You know, they, they build uh, a sober part of business that's for themselves. And, and when they're long gone or what have you, the business uh, dissipates and it right. dies as well. And to me, I feel like when it's all said and done, the, the community should be impacted. They should mm -hmm. say, you know what, there's a void here. Or there's not a void because that voice, that work still lives on. Right. You know what I mean? And I think to me, a true leader, man, builds a successor, builds a business that can keep moving, whether you're there or not, is that it's uh, uh, efficient and it's still uh, productive. You sure. know, I, uh, you know, one of the things with uh, Steve and just rather doing business or catering with anyone, I think uh, what people have to watch 
is I, I think it's an opportunity, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because I know people that are skilled and gifted, they just never really had the opportunity just yet. Yep. So being sensitive to that. But the other thing of it is, is that being mindful of waiting your turn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people look at you as an entrepreneur, they don't know the time, the dedication, the work that's been put in to get the way you are. Sometimes people are a thief of entrepreneurship. They don't want to do the time. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. What have you? To me, I'll wait my turn, which means I'll serve well, I'll learn, I'll work, I'll do that nature. But sometimes opportunity come with your turn. Right. What have you? Right. And we have not learned how to honor the individuals whose turn it is. Right. Show me who you honor and I'll show you how for your life ago. Wow, that's deep. That is you know, really good. Yeah, the worst thing that I think that has got put out in the industry is I hate the word competitive. I, I hate the word, not, not among mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Yeah. There's enough for everybody. I don't care what industry yeah. you're in, things of that nature. There is, there, there is a people assigned to your gift and your skill set. They're only you. Nobody can beat you being you. Nobody. You know what I mean? And your gift is if you continue to self-develop, which means then you do you and stay in your lane. I'm right. going to stay in my lane and we can work together and we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. And I can see my fellow entrepreneur and you can be in my same industry. And if I can help, I won't let you go down. But you know what, Doc, I love that because I remember doing the pop-ups for celebrities and, you know, we would come and, and, and you have people coming in and the first thing they want to tell you about is some other soul food restaurant. And I'm like, we're not that. And we wish them the best. And we right. would typically greet them and ask them, can we do something to help or support them? Because that's just what good people do. Yeah. So it's not that you have people that try to literally, you know, they want to call what you're serving. It, everybody goes in panic mode. But in my mind, that's an insecurity mm-hmm. that business owners have. You'd be great at whatever your gifting is and, and will be the same. And there's no there's no issues here. We're not coming after one another. But you have to be comfortable in your own skin and your own gifts. Well, you guys are speaking from a, a mindset of abundance. And the world is set up as a scarcity mindset. Absolutely. You know, and, and and it is really wonderful to think about there is enough for everybody. We can all work together and not have to be competitive. That's that's really beautiful. Absolutely. I, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm comfortable in saying is that, you know, I speak from a place, though, is that I've, I've just been where they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I said, it, I've always said it. I've said it when I was them. I think that nature. And then the big boss was calling me like, how are y'all doing what you're doing? And I'm really running my business off my paycheck. Right. I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? Because faith is faith. And, and, and I've learned how to stay focused sure. uh, on what I'm doing and continue to self-develop things that nature. I think one of the biggest problems with people is it's easy to blame and to look on the outside for something. We have to start looking inward right. to me. I don't care if it's uh, insecure. I don't care yeah. if it's just self-development. But whatever it is that's going to take your business or yourself to the next level, it won't come from the outside. Right. You know, it's funny. I just, just I'm reading a book. Um, it is uh, No Limit. And what I just read today was take responsibility. Stop looking outside. Take responsibility. It's such an important lesson for people. You know, one of the things that kind of touches on what you've said, what I was just talking about, is you have a real drive for self-improvement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, growing up, uh, again, it was about, you know, what I shared earlier, that um, when you have something in you that's uh, different than your reality, Mm I've I've just never wanted to uh, I've just never wanted to be average I've just I, I've just never wanted to I guess what they would call maybe fail or what have you I was just I just wanted better mm-hmm. I just wanted greater um, so when it comes to self development things of that nature 
I'm just a person that's adamant about always learning and it's maybe probably hard sometimes for people around me. Right. Because if, if you don't understand me or things like that, you may think, well, it's never enough of these, or they may call it just being anal or things of that nature <laughs> or what have you. It's just that I just want to always be the best me. Sure. You know what I mean? And I want to always push myself to keep learning, to keep being better uh, to the best of, uh, of my ability. You know, when you grow up in this world, I don't know if everybody's story of, but mine is that I experienced twofold. I had a side of life that was, you could do anything. And then you have this other side, what have you, that's saying that you only can go but so far. Mm-hmm. You see? Um, thank God it's a new day and time, I think, in this country. But in the world that I grew up in, there was limitations there, especially coming out of a small town. And so at best, maybe a ball in my hand or things of that nature. I wanted to make sure whether it was a ball or a book that I could make it. Mm-hmm. Or things of that nature. So I'm defining things that I didn't know what to call it. I didn't, But I knew that the more you try to tell me what I can't, it motivated me to show you everything that I can. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I would have you. So my my um my my push, I think, comes from a very dark place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would have loved to be able to give you an edited story to tell you it come from rainbows, but right. no, it comes from a play, uh, place of pain where uh, limitations should be, and you only should be going. But so far, that's where my push comes from. So in my adulthood, it's easy for me to keep developing because I can't stop. I feel like at any time, I don't know what's around the corner, so I, I don't stop. You know what I mean? And sure. that's where it just breathes forth for me. Okay. Now, is that challenging for your team members at times? Maybe should I ask a team member? Should you ask anyone <laughs> but him? Okay. All right. <laughs> like, is, is it challenging at times? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that uh, early on back in the day, they used to wear me out, and he finally gave me like this, uh, the piece of puzzle is that he would say hey I need you to go create X and bring me your best and so you would do that and then he would tear it down and and I'm thinking I spent two weeks to put this together what are you talking about and then he and then he would say no bring back three more ideas of the same thing and you're like oh my god that frustration but what he was doing was he was building that uh, ability for you to go as far as you could go and one of the things he taught his entire team is that I tear down till it can't be torn down anymore because then no one else can tear it down. Mm. And so now it's difficult when you're in the boardrooms with him, but you do have an understanding. So everyone that works for our organizations understand the dynamic and they love the outcome. See, once you take someone to the championship, they want to go back, right? So if what he was demanding was taking us only to, you know, come in third or fourth place, it would be different. But when you take people to the championship and they see the accolades and they see how happy people are and excited and the results, then there's a different level of motivation. I think in this world, uh, average is not enough anymore. Right. You know, when I think about being in the marketplace and we're opening business, things of that nature, the way I see it is that hard people, uh, people are working hard and they're spending their money with you, not for average, Right. not for average. That motivates me. The other thing of it is I think that helped me growing up is I grew up in a town and in an atmosphere around people that I knew had potential, but their life didn't look like it, Mm. you know? And it amazed me because I'm in church. I mean, I'm in all these areas and I'm like, 10 years passing, 15 years passing. And I'm like, well, you say you believe and you work hard, but then you show nothing, no fruit. fruit. Right. Yeah. And it bothered me. So then as I grew and certainly as a counsel, what have you, it, it helps me to challenge people is that people go only to the level of comfort. Mm. 
And you'll only be average being comfort. But you have to push the limit beyond that. Stretch yourself till you have a headache. Stretch yourself till you're not asleep. You know, you didn't get no sleep. Then maybe we're reaching a capacity where you have no further to go. But as long as you can dream, as long as you still have creativity in you, you didn't give me your best. You gave me what was comfortable and within your skill set to easily produce. And I won't take it in any area. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to receive it. Why have you? And it bothers me that you give it. It's because not only are you a hindrance to the business, but you're a hindrance to your own life. And I won't have people around me living average. Right. And that's the, that's the prerequisite to roll with me is that if you're looking for average, we can't go. Right. But if you're ready to make some changes, I, I, I'm not going to say it don't take time, but you at least have to have the capacity to say, you know what, I want to go further in my life. You, you know what I mean? Sure. That I can roll with. But what we're not doing is average. I don't, I don't know how to... You would never appreciate me or what I have to offer if all you want is average or what have you, you know? And I don't have time to tote that. I just don't. He's not a friend to mediocrity. No, <laughs> no. And I bet a lot of people would say, of course I don't want average. Of course I want better. Of course I'm not going to give you average. But then when the rubber meets the road. That's exactly that's, what they produce. That's hard to do. Absolutely. Exactly. They exactly. crumble and break. I mean, the entrepreneurial business side of it, what have you. I love it, what have you, because I find out in a very few days or what have you, if they're going to crumble, right. what have you, at the end of the day, because I'm not changing, what have you. And what I love about it is that if that's their dream, I think that nature, see, you, you don't hurt my feelings and you did not show up to my meeting. You ain't showing up for yourself. Right. Uh -huh. But we're going to know that up front because I'm coming out the gate with that is that if you're not prepared to lose sleep, if you're not prepared to get up and work on your stuff, and I hear all the kids and I got a job or what yeah. have you, that's awesome. You can't work one hour a day on your venture, nothing, what have you, then you're not ready. Right. And those are the love and the hard truths that have to be told because anybody that's an entrepreneur tell you, what have you, there is nobody that's giving oversight to you now. You are the it. Let's <laughs> you are the it. So you got to clock sure. in. Rain, sleet, or snow. That's what, it, you know, to, to be a successful entrepreneur takes a very high level of self-discipline and self-motivation and resilience. Yes, sir. You know, because you're going to get beat up. You're going to get beat up. You have to get back up. We have a very stringent vetting process uh, when it comes to our franchise organization. And one of the greatest things is what you just said. It's the difference between the person who's dreaming and the person who understands the, uh, the expectation and they're willing to commit to that. So we, we literally take people through because people, will, if you get exhausted with the vetting process, you're probably not ready to last in the business. People want something that they're will, not willing to actually put go all in on. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. If you want a business, you should know. I shouldn't have to tell you that you got to work over, you know, overtime to make it happen. You should say whatever it takes for me to get to where I'm going. But I do want to say this because I think it's important. But people have a mentality where you'll work wages, as Doc would say, and you'll make $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 a year for somebody else. And you can become that person. You work, you work 80 hours a week uh, at a at a cafe or at a restaurant, but then when it comes to you working hard to make it happen for you, then self-doubt comes in and, and frustration, but you're, but you're stuck. So I think for us, I love it. You make the decision. And if you decide that you want to come out of that world, then with his business consultant, he'll help you and he'll direct people. But you got to first say for real, for real, this is what I want to do, and I'm committed to it. Absolutely. For K real, K for real. K wanted more than you do. Right. That, is, that is so true. So I want to pivot a little bit here to talk about what's very challenging, but you guys seem to 
appear to have mastered it. You can tell us what, what the reality is, but working with a spouse. Absolutely. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, you know, everybody's got to be on hand and on deck when they get started, but it can be really challenging to work with a spouse. And I know that if you have a show called, should I stay married? <laughs> you probably have some insights into this. Yeah, so yeah. Like, what would you say about that topic? Let's say a, a young entrepreneur comes to you and says, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about starting this business. I'm not sure my wife and I are going to work together. Well, what do you say to that person? Well, there's a couple of things. So first of all, I, I think the worst thing a person can do in entrepreneurship with their spouses or their significant other, things of that nature, is it's, it's the way we, we, we word it. Because I'm a wordsmith with that is that you can't do business with your spouse. You know what I mean? Everybody needs a position and honor the position. And if you can't, it's, it's what, what I love from that is I, you know, I grew up in law enforcement and my family in military. And I don't care how you feel about that drill sergeant. I really don't. What you will do though, is you're going to honor them stars on them shoulders. Mm -hmm. I think that's because position sometimes produces respect, honor, and, uh, and attention. Yeah. But I don't care if it's pastoral. I don't care if it's the leadership. It's position. Yeah. Which means, so then when we go into the office of things of that nature, we have a place, we have a responsibility, we have a position, what have you, and a lane that we stay in. So I don't talk to Taja. Mm -hmm. I don't, what have you, but I have an executive that I work with every day. And as long as you can respect and honor that and have the wherewithal to not take it home, you right. can do it. But if what people have to be is transparent about where the condition of their relationship is. Because it's not about the entrepreneurship, it's where the relationship is. And if the relationship is not there yet, what have you, then my definite recommendation is absolutely don't do it. Right. Because I'm gonna say this, as couples, you cannot be frustrated and be and dream at the same time. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't dream and work at the same time and argue and all that. It's the worst way to build. And you would destroy your character, your name, your integrity, and your productivity. Because you brought home with you to work, yeah. you know, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Don't bring work home because that same behavior would then make the marriage or the relationship not productive. Right. You see, so the two individuals have to be transparent about about that. I think I don't want a bad stigma to go as if people who are couples can't do entrepreneurship. It's, it's some of the best situation Absolutely. because who's better that's going to be loyal and committed yeah. than the overall interest. But I've also seen people destroy each other. I just wanted the record to show that it had nothing to do with the business. Right. That that's really deep. You know, it almost makes me think about how you, you know you hear people say um, we're not getting along that well. But when the baby comes, things will be better. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have a baby. <laughs> it's the same thing with the business. Oh, okay. Well, we'll start this business. Maybe that'll help heal things. Yeah. Ooh, you better be healed. You better Absolutely. be. You better Absolutely. be ready to get in the Absolutely. trenches. So one of the things I think would be challenging, though, would be leaving it at the office or leaving it at the house. Do you have any practices that you would recommend or any ways that people could? Because I just I can just see it. You know, it's it's what you live, breathe and do every day to then go home. And it'd be hard to draw that line. Let me say this in, in my let's be clear voice. You have I don't do drive bys. So we don't have those. I have to schedule a meeting with him like anybody else in this office does that's specific he wants an agenda he wants to know what we're talking about and he wants to know what the result is going to be so i had to learn that that we, we can't be driving down the street and i say oh by the way you know da da da, da. or you know we're sitting at home having dinner and i say oh by the we're not doing the oh by the way so it has to, that goes back to that 
pushing and, and high level of expectation. Sure. It's not that there is not every now and then something said in our house that says, oh, hey, I'm headed to the office to do X. Or, oh, you know, I did get that back. But when it comes to the meat and potatoes, we're in an office space. Especially if it's on the executive level. The only yeah. thing I want to really chime in on, though, because this is so important, because I, I think people are, you know, we don't keep the simplicity there. And then also we make it so difficult and we, we box it in and then people have all these rules and it's crazy. The reality of it is right here is I can't turn it off if I wanted to. Because as, as a man, me particular, what have you, I have a vision, I have goals in mind. If I can't share it with my spouse, I don't know who to share it with, right? right? And I would love to keep it in the confinements of this office. I would, but it's, it's a part of me. So what has happened then is people have spent thousands of years trying to find what's called balance mm -hmm. and it don't exist because it would have been found by now. Right. It don't. <laughs> it's not out there. Listen, Stop looking. Clark Kent is Superman and Superman is Clark Kent. You have to be in a relationship that no matter where I'm coming from that day, maybe I have my cape on. Mm -hmm. Awesome. She, yeah. she loved me. She talked to me from that perspective. Yeah. But then there's days I got the glasses on. I'm just Clark Kent. Right. And we're talking, what have you. It's one life. I think everything has to be managed. Sure. I think everything has to be put in power, uh, priority of place. If we if we having a spa day or shopping day, then she don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. But if we're home sitting around and we're watching TV and I got a, a something on my idea, I don't want to walk on eggshells to be able to say, you know what, babe, this is what's on my heart. Right. Whatever. And what she will say, well, I don't want to talk about no business. That is crazy. <laughs> right. That's crazy sure. because that's the greatest one thing I got going in my life right now. And it's in my mind yeah. that I want to share with you. That is my intimacy. And vice versa. It'll be not like it'll be like me not wanting to hear her feelings right. or some of that nature. So what people have tried to do is try to find separation. And I don't see how do you cut yourself in half? Mm -hmm. How do you turn this off when the truth of the matter is I can I can barely go to sleep and not dream about it. Mm -hmm. But see, that's when I know entrepreneurs are for real, because if it ain't in your sleep, <laughs> if you don't wake That's up and hey, you got to calm yourself down yes. and say, you know what, before I get ahead of my day or whatever, let me just relax. Let me get me some morning coffee. You got to, right. you almost have to will it back in. That's the person I can roll with because they're in pursuit yeah. and they understand the accountability, responsibility, and the privilege of what it is to be an entrepreneur because I can't, I'm, I'm not going to clock in somewhere and my check guaranteed. Right. I'm not. That's exactly right. You see? Yes. So how do you turn that off? When everything is on the line, I like it. when you find it, you let me know. Right. Well, you know, yes, absolutely. Well, that, that is a appeal to our, our listeners, viewers, whatever. If you know it, you let us know. Absolutely. I'm with you absolutely. Too. Yeah. I just think I wanted to show people to say, you know what? Mm -hmm. You can live a good life, have a great marriage, have a great relationship and be you and yeah. all the holistic approach and not have mm -hmm. to chop yourself up at things of that nature. And so, again, I always refute back to the fact that, listen. Be mindful. Who are you with? Right. Because my thing is, it's right. And this is probably the hardest part of entrepreneurs. So it's about the phase of the way people met. You know, if a couple meet and they get to that next level and nobody was in pursuit of any of that, that was the premise in which they met. What happens is then people evolve and change mm -hmm. and they dream. Now you have one that's in pursuit and the other saying, I didn't get with you for that. I wanted just this. See, again, it's not the entrepreneurship. The problem is a, it's a people, it's a couple problem right. to talk about where we're going. Absolutely. What are we doing? Because if you can find like minds and like hearts, you ain't got to do what I do or whatever, but you appreciate what I bring. Absolutely. So 
if, if the value of who I am to you is that man, okay, a great husband, great father, but I love his drive. I love his entrepreneurship, the things, then you're going to, I'm, I'm going to feel like I'm the man right. and you're going to love me for that. And I feel great. <laughs> but if everything that I am is across to you and it causes you misery, my dreaming is punishing you. Then we don't have to have a business conversation. Let's be clear. We got to have a couple's conversation. Let's be clear. Absolutely. About what are we doing? Sure. Because Absolutely. I don't want to stop dreaming and I'm not trying to let my dream kill you. Wow. And I and I've seen, you know, both sides. I consider myself lucky that my wife and I and we were such different people than we were when we met twenty five, well, twenty five years ago. But we grew together. And so I what I what I hear you saying is how critical it is that when you're dreaming that dream to, tr to bring your spouse into that dream with you yeah. as early as possible. Absolutely. So that dream doesn't grow mm -hmm. separate from that person's vision. Absolutely. And know that even when you're bringing them with you, that doesn't mean they have to work in it. Right. That's right. But they do need to be with you. If you leave them to themselves, they don't know what you're doing. They, they're not going to appreciate the, the dynamics and everything that comes with that. They're just sitting on the outside lost. Like, where's my me? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? And you don't even know what I'm doing on the outside sitting in. But if I bring you along with it, it's like what we do with our kids. What have you? easy raising them is because there's nothing I do that I can't bring them along. They don't have to be me right. or her. Uh, we work hard so when they get older, they can dream and do their dream. But I also want them to know as much exposure as I can get you, get it, mm -hmm. learn it, know it, or what have you, so that you can dream and know that there's a whole world out here that's beautiful to dream and, and push your skill set and your gifting, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they don't wonder where daddy at when, he, when he's late. Sure. If I can make it to the game, great. But if not, they're well in their spirit because they know what daddy's doing, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature, and you don't even have to be me. Yeah, it's so critical. That's so critical. Now, that reminded me of something that you said uh, when we spoke earlier that I thought was, I've never heard this examination of um, the, the way that Eve is described by God as a sufficient helpmate, you know? Suitable. Suitable, thank you. Could you kind of revisit what you said about that? Absolutely. Uh, one is when that light bulb hit me, it blew my mind. You know, the guy said, you know, because you hear this, oh, I'm, I'm a helpmate. I'm his helpmate. Or, she should be my helpmate. But but the word doesn't say just helpmate. It says God would make someone suitable, that she would be a suitable helpmate. And I think that so many people, you know, think that they can get behind, you know, a man and they just looking at this man. But you better make sure that you're suitable mm -hmm. for what his dreams are, suitable for what his uh, ambitions are, suitable for what his expectations are. And so for me, when I had that moment, it was like, you know what, let me that's I think when I really learned how to fall back. This isn't me driving. This is me being a great number two. This is me looking in his eyes and listening to him to find out where you want to go. What are you doing? And then how can I suitably assist in that? And that was a different posture, especially from a person like myself who was coming from corporate America and had her own ambitions and dreams. Sure. And I can assure you, it's been, we've been married 17 years and been together 18. And it's so funny. I remember the day he said, I'm putting my notice in and I'm gonna buy an insurance agency. I remember the day, this is the decision that he made. From that moment to now, he never looked back. I had somewhere figured out, how do I support him? And that became my satisfaction. I no longer started thinking about me. I kept thinking, I wanna be suitable. How, do, how am I suitable to align myself with him? And I, there is no greater joy than me seeing him 
execute mm -hmm. and get the result that he's looking for. It, it warms my heart. Well, I can say that when we got done with that conversation, I put a lot of thought into it as a man. Am I a suitable helpmate for my spouse? Mm -hmm. You know, as the breadwinner, um, you know, I have a role, but I have a role to support you know, her or whoever, you know, at, at home and with the kids. And I just thought, man, what a beautiful thing to reflect on is our role together. You know, my pastor one time said, I, I hate him forever for it. No, uh, he said, he said, you know, the son of man came to serve and not to be served and that we need to remember that in our life with our spouses. Oh, let's not, no, let's not, let's not say that. Let's but not it, quote that. Yeah, exactly. Too much pressure. Right. Yeah. But really, I, I try to remember that. Absolutely. You know, and I thought your commentary on the, the word suitable, you know, we read right over that, but. We'll, so we'll jump right over, but you know what? We did the season finale last night on Do I Want to Stay Married? And you sound like you were on there. But one of the things that he talked about, he asked the question to everybody, what do you need to, as a woman, to be able to continue to love and respect your husband. And then he asked the man, what does she need to do to continue to be desirable? Because see, we have two different lenses, right? Uh, but one of the things that he talked about is if you help support her, and you know, he said, for me, I make sure that someone comes and gets my cleaner clothes and laundry to take things off of her to try to support what I know is, is her responsibility or she deems it to be that opens up a whole different level of love and chemistry. So I think we do have to yield and look and say, how do we support each other? Absolutely. Especially, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a couple. Right. right. That's right. <laughs> you're going to be a couple, right? Absolutely. You know, I think at the end of the day, what people don't understand is that when we initially started, what have you, I dreamed very little. I work. What have you, you know, she had the, the dreams, the business, things of nature. I support it, invest in things of that nature, you know. I think what people have to do as couples, um, People are so gifted, we can do a lot, right? But in business, it's not about you. It's about what's the need in the marketplace. That's right. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. people are running too many hobbies and they're too busy. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, not and I'm not going to sit in a relationship and be busy. Right. Because mm -hmm. that wouldn't be me. So we have to come together and say, listen, okay, I've learned I am the enemy of dreaming. Mm -hmm. At some point, you got to wake up. I can't really say what I want to say, but you got to wake up. You got to wake up and you have to be alert and you have to be self aware. People have yeah. dreamed way too much and it's absurd what you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. Example, I know people have dreamed, you know, I, I'm a traveler nation, what have you. You don't even have a passport. You're not. Right. You see, people need to give you just relevant, real, alert, <laughs> undeniable truth. Yes. And I know you're praying and I know you're at the altar and I get it and you're gifted. But I can assure you, I've never seen you in Africa. Yeah. I've never seen you overseas because you don't have a passport. Right. So I'm not even going to get to your speech. Or, you, know, yeah, yeah. you just don't have a passport. You're not going. Practical. Yeah. Go get a passport. Right. Practical. See, five years and you don't have a passport yet. But and you, you still say the same. You're you, dreaming. Yeah. You're dreaming. So my thing is, as a couple, to say, listen, we're obviously skilled, gifted, and a lot. We can do a lot. But let's look out. You know, some people go as small as, you know, with this final problem and have a solution and all these other things, whatever that is. But at, it's, it's, you're, you're finding really, I, on the spiritual note, I, I feel like you got to fall in purpose at some point. Sure. Because that's what life is really about. One of the things that really drive home to me, and it's not about living or dying, it's just that, you know, if COVID taught us anything, there's people who have passed on going on, and, and I'm so sorry for that, what have you. But what's really, really sad is all the, People who've passed away and they were still full. Mm -hmm. 
full of gifts, full of dreams, full of business, full of greatness. And he left this earth with it and will never experience it. We need to make sure that we leave empty. You know what I mean? But your community, your direct circle, your your group, there should be a void when you leave. And there's too many people that's going on that people come to service. But after they go on, everybody's back to business because right. you're not missed. There is no void, which means that where's your productivity? Where's your impact? What are you a part of that's bigger than you? Get out of the selfish state of I, 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 I. If that's what you want to eat, you go fix it. But why you got to serve what you want to eat to the community? Right. What is the community that you're directly going into business taking income wages from? What are you servicing them with that they desire? Whether services, product, uh, et cetera. That's how I feel about it. So at some point you come together as young people say, okay, now we don't dream, we don't wait this, that other. It ain't just fall back. Let's just wake up. Right. And what are we doing? And let's get a plan. Or what have you. And let's work that plan so we can be impactful to our community. Let's not only service getting wealth, but let's create jobs. Mm-hmm. Let's empower. Okay. Let's give them a product or service that's needed. Yeah. What have you. And that to me, entrepreneurship is a gift. Absolutely. It's a gift. Man, so our goal in life should be to leave empty. Absolutely. Leave empty. Leave empty. Leave a void. Absolutely. Leave it all on the field. We say every day, we look at each other and say, we left it on the field today. That's what we say. Meaning we we did not bring anything home. We left everything that we could out there today to play with. And then we'll go back and, and start again tomorrow. So I made a little observation before we started. I saw a little fist bump. Do you guys, is that something you do before you guys get started? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a reminder. We always just say that you're born for this. Mm. It's just a reminder. Say, listen, ain't no plan, no, 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 no skit, no anything. It just means, man, speak for me hard and you're born for this. Be, just be who. All it can be me. Right. And that, that you see or what have you is the best that God has made me. So. I literally, he is so amazing. I, I travel, we both travel mm-hmm. and speak and preach and all that. And I was preaching, getting ready to preach at a women's conference. And he calls me and tells me this every time that you were born for this. And it's been years. And he called me one morning. I was in Tampa getting ready to do a women's conference. And I almost couldn't get myself back together. He said that to me. And I was really pressing in. And I just thought, that's support. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. To speak life every single yes. time. I, I was... I didn't even think I would hear from him anymore because I talked to him that morning. But he has never, ever had a moment where he didn't say that to me. So that's where that comes from. It's that connection. I, I tell people he's my Linus blanket. You know, Linus had a oh, blanket. Sure, yeah. I have to have him. I have to know where he is. I have to know. I have to feel him. And not, not physically be with him, but there's a spiritual connection that I have with him that, that is soothing for me. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I think every, every great person <laughs> to me needs at least one person in our life, man that's in your ear that can just remind you of don't look out where everything you you have everything that you need just go just go be you and for those who don't have that one person i believe then sometimes what hold people up is nobody in your life and i want y'all to hear me clearly because this is my spiritual side i just don't think nobody can be louder than your god in your ear mm-hmm. when you don't have no one else encouraging you mm-hmm. you got to turn the volume down of people and haters and all that other stuff and self-doubt and you got to turn God all the way up. Mm-hmm. What have you? They say that you can do all things and, mm-hmm. and that you're strong and that you're strong. And when you are weak, he's strong. Mm-hmm. So then lean on him. All that stuff, when you turn that volume up, mm-hmm. it helps your day to day. Absolutely. This is the good part. 
where you start is I've learned to embrace my brokenness. See, sometimes people are trying to rid themselves of all the broken pieces or put it all back together. But you don't know how much time has passed. You don't know the things that cause the damage. But then I always I take it always back to the book of Acts. The Bible says this. It says that Paul, he was shipwrecked. And the shipwrecked and and the, the, the centurion said, you guys gonna have to jump and swim the land. And what was scary is many could swim, but there were some that could not. And they said, you're going to have to jump anyway. And so some made it quicker to land because they could swim. But the others, it says that they uh, grabbed hold of broken pieces and they kicked and they floated in the land. What I want to tell people who are broken is grab that brokenness and float on it. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to get it all. You can be imperfect, what I call uh, beautifully flawed, mm -hmm. and take that brokenness and live transparently and, and operate uh, in excellence or proficiency and self-develop yourself. Because sometimes God has given you the very thing that you need as a gift that has caused your pain. It's now the gift. And some people used to say it's your ministry. I say it's your purpose. Mm -hmm. I say there's a people that are just like you. That if you can just live transparently in it and learn how to monetize it, you got yourself a business. You have hope. You have hope. I just want to know that you don't have to stand up and walk. You can crawl to destiny if you got to. Cry while you crawl. I would say to you is that a little doubt keeps you what I call humble. It keeps you self-aware. And this is what I love about it. True entrepreneurship, true vision to me is that it should make you shaking your boots because you've dreamed so big outside of your capacity. To me, I love that person. It's the people who dream too small to me that bothers me because you're just comfortable. But for the person that has stuff that like, man, I don't know if I can do all that. See, that's why you have a God. And that's why you have favor, faith. But then also it means that mm, if I'm going to get to that, I must invest in me to develop myself, to be the leader I need to be and become to achieve that. That's what this journey is all about. So to have doubt is not fear. It's just saying, I understand my capacity and what I uh, strive to achieve may be outside of the scope of that. So then what's the direction is everything in a book of this initial, but it does mean you may need a mentor. You may need a relationship. You may be the one that serviced the product, but you might need a higher CEO because you're not the, 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 the number one, the, the one who can lead it. But sometimes people are so egotistic and prideful and they hold it so hostage. It's like, if I can't do it, nobody's going to do it. Well, then stay home. But if you're going to come into the marketplace of business and be great, know your limitations. And, and I will say this to piggyback off of what he said or to add to it is that transparency. You know, people have just got to stop putting on these masks because we're just in a different day and time. People can see through it. You may be lying to your own self, but get help. If you need counseling and things, people have to deal with whatever their issues are. Become healthy. That is the word of yeah, the day. Healthy. Become healthy, healthy. When you become mentally healthy, healthy, emotionally, then you can become economically. But people are hurting. They have pains. They have things they've been through, potentially rightfully so. Doc says all the time, he preaches a sermon that all of us have had encounters where we could have been on a sofa, bowed up, you know, looking at pink elephants, you know, in a, in a jacket because we've endured things. Get healthy. Deal with that so that then you can be the best you and then you can really, because that will remove some of that doubt and fear. You're questioning because you don't feel solid. 
There's another thing too I want to say about that. This is I'm glad that came up because this happened to me, and this is what people have to be cautious. Sometimes even with family or friends, sometimes your life can be built of what people said that you're good at and you should do. And the reality of it is, you live the life now that you didn't dream for yourself. It's just where everything that people fed you has become your dream. What I want to tell people is to stop, drown out everything, and make sure it's what you want to do. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. How do you doubt something that you're good at? How do you doubt or worry about something that came from inward mm-hmm. out? But if it came from outward in, I may not have the confidence because I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if I know it came from within me and I know me, then I believe me. Well, I don't believe nobody else. I know my limitations. I know my stress. If I'm not in denial about it, I, I know. So my question of it is, is where is your doubt coming from? Where did the dream derive? Is this something you really want to do or you was told to do? Where did it come from? What is the source? Or did it come from in here? Well, to, to break free from comfort zone, number one is, um, I think one of the b- biggest ones is that uh, we need to get rid of that word failure. I think people be afraid to fail or what have you. I don't call it failure. I've had to reposition plenty of times. That's what I call it. Right there. <laughs> yes. Reposition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pivot. Yes. Because if it ain't working, it ain't working. You know what I mean? And you'll be a fool to go down <laughs> and just crash. What have you? Pivot yourself. What have you? Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the sh- uh, Shark Tank, but people be hating Kevin. I love Kevin. Yeah. Because Kevin said, take it behind the bar and shoot it. <laughs> shoot it, man. Shoot it. This ain't killing you. Shoot it. You just go, t- you know what I mean? But people, what people get nervous about is that if they put so much in it, in their minds, that I, even if it's going to crash, I got to go down with it. Right. That's not true. Because I'm going to tell you this right here. How I see it is, whatever I've invested, I've invested in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm better. So that endeavor didn't work. But I got another one in me. Mm-hmm. And I need to pivot. And as long as I got life, and I got my health, and I got time, it's time to move on. And people cry over it. What that old saying is, get, get over the spilled milk. Don't cry over spilled milk. Cry over spilled milk. Yeah. They stay in that trash can. Even when I counsel people about relationship or whatever, let me assure you, whatever's going to be good for you, whatever's going to bring you out that comfort zone, it will not come from the rearview mirror. There's nothing back there for you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So when to break out that comfort zone, if they came to me and whatever they're saying they want to pursue, I'm telling them, and this is my honest and transparent truth, is whatever you desire to do, you have a short amount of time because there is somebody on this planet that want to do it better than you. So you better let's go. Now that's bad English, but that's good communication. <laughs> you better let's go. Let's go. I was going to say your mind, your mouth, and your heart have to speak the same language. Gotta line up. Because sometimes that comfort zone, there's no way you, you couldn't conflict with yourself. Something is inside of you burning. And you said, oh, but, I'm, but I don't really like to do that. Well, then why are you even talking about it? That's not true. Something's telling you to do that. Make your mind, your mouth, and your heart speak the same language. I have to make sure they're in alignment because we're all traveling together. <laughs> and you know, I, you know, when you really look at it, if you really look at this life, I don't know where you can go at this point and be comfortable in the sense of they're saying it. Right. You know what I mean? Because what they're really saying is without worry, without mm-hmm. concern. If you're just an employee, you got to be concerned Mm -hmm. because what is a company going to do? I've seen people be with a company 15, 20 years and get let go. Absolutely. Right. 
That's you see, right. coming to entrepreneurship, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. No matter what area or pocket of your life, you're going to have, yeah, listen, the comfortability that you're looking for. To me, that's why I love entrepreneurship, because at least I'm driving. Right. At least I understand every element of what's going on, what have you, so that I can posture myself in a way that can create some form of comfort. Yeah. And comfort to me is knowing. Comfort to me is being able to plan. Comfort to me is being able to be a part of uh, the outcome to the best of my ability. You see, but when you are in things that have all the variables and you're not a part of any of them, I don't know how you ever achieve any form of comfort. I don't. Well, I think there's no better way for us to end this than to remind ourselves that we were born for this. You have it in you and leave empty. Yes, sir. I love it. Dr. J, Lady J, thank you so much. I, uh, I feel like I'm with my people. Your heart for entrepreneurship comes through, your heart for other people. And uh, that's what we're all about with Ocala Hustle is just trying to get the word out for people you know, that are in that struggle that we've all been in starting out, or maybe they're in a point where they need to pivot and take it out back and shoot it. Yes. That's hard too. But, you know, this is great wisdom that you guys have shared. So thanks so much for taking the time with Thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank I just really appreciate us. that. Yeah. It means everything.